All right, welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail. The sponsorship is back on. When we get football this fall, there will be watch parties at the Holy Grail. And maybe just for every game. Because if there's no fans in the stands, you're going to have to find somewhere to watch home games. You're going to have to find somewhere to watch away games. What better place to do it than our partner, our great friends at the Holy Grail? So they are back on board. They are the title sponsor for this podcast, the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks. It is great to have a continued partnership with them. They have long time been friends of Bearcat Journal, even before it was Bearcat Journal. So uh, I'm excited to have that back in the fold. Excited to be working with those guys again. And uh, they're open. They're, they're, They're socially distanced. They've got outside seating. They've got space inside, socially distanced down on the banks. Watch the Reds. Watch the Bearcats. So, uh, yeah, go, uh, go visit our good friends at the Holy Grail. I, I'm, I'm, still, I, I'm still upset that I haven't really been back down that way yet. I need to be. I mean, we can do outside. Yeah. Generally. It's, uh, Kelly's doing good, though. So, we'd like to keep it that way <laughs> for right now, um, but all right, Dave, we are, uh, camp has begun. Football's here. Everyone celebrate. We're, we're playing football. Just... Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> D- division three and division two have, uh, gone by the wayside. They have punted. Uh, we are awaiting an answer for division one. We know what that answer is going to be. They yep. are not, they are not punting. Um, maybe more like a fair catch right now. Uh, yeah. but we will uh we'll get into all of that here as we uh we go through the show so um what do you want to hit on first dave where she what what direction should we steer this car in uh from the start of the show what what do you want to talk you want to talk bearcats at the top and then get into the AAC and the NCAA and where everything is at or do you want to do Uh, that stuff first and talk bearcats at the end I think that stuff is like the or most. Food. Well, always food, but this isn't our food podcast as of yet, so we'll we'll keep the loyal listeners uh, engaged. I think the, I mean, the newsiest thing is the scheduling stuff. Um, I mean, because but there's really, no news. That nothing. Ha- they didn't do anything. Well, that's the that's the point. That's why it's that's why it's still news. Is because they didn't do anything. Anything. Which literally nothing. I don't really have a problem with because I do. I think it's dumb because who knows? Like, so if they just said we're going to play eight conference games and one non-conference game, we'd all be like, "Oh, that's a great decision." Uh, no, you say you play ten conference games, round robin. You assure inside your conference that you're doing everything possible to play ten games, and you tell people if you want to play two up to two non-conference games, go right ahead. What, 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 why would that have not worked, Dave? I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I just don't see the problem with saying, hey, if you want to try to get non-conference games, go ahead. You still had that option if you went 10. You'd still, you, you're free to get – who are these conference, non-conference games going to be against? I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to p- play any games. Right, so, but we already know, unless you're in the state of an ACC school, the ACC is out. The Big Ten is out. The Pac-12 is out. The SEC is out. 
The Big 12 is open, but only if you come to their place and play. Right. And there's only 10 of those schools. So very limited spots remain. And most of those places already have probably one out-of-conference game that they're going to keep on their schedule instead of looking to have to schedule somebody else. So there's no non-conference games to be had. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. Like, I fully so expect – Why not play 10 games? Why oh, not? That's, that's fine. I just don't think it matters because I don't think that's going to happen anyway. I don't know that it is either, but your plan shouldn't be eh, – we're not. look, Dave, if, if let's say let, – hypothetically, Let's say the Mac meets tomorrow and they decide they're going to punt. Well, on how can they – that would be wild because then if they punt – Or they say they're going, all, they're going all conference games. Then who are they playing <laughs> if everyone else plays in the fall? Just let's say they, the... they go all con- – they stay in conference. They play yeah. all conference games. Okay, let's say that. Right. So I, I, I can't see how Appy State – or um, – um, Austin P happens. Yeah, that one's I, just that one's a little different, just because it's FCS. Yeah, and it's technically so, under the NCAA umbrella. I I doubt that happens as well. Um, I'm I'm thinking that they're just going to end up opening the season October 13th USF at home. Why couldn't somewhere in that month you have scheduled two additional conference games? Oh, you could, and that's probably the right thing to do. I just – I don't – How about how about this? In their infinite wisdom, this is how it would look for Cincinnati in that situation. They would open the season October 3rd. Oh, yeah, one bye week, a then bye seven week, straight. And then seven straight to end the season. As if nothing's – okay, so if you're doing this, why aren't you building in some buffer? Why aren't you giving yourself some wiggle room? They are setting themselves up for disaster – because they didn't do any – they missed let, – let's be honest with what happened. They misread the situation. Well, yeah. They thought power leagues were going to keep one or two non-conference games. Right. Pretty clearly. And that didn't happen outside of the Big 12. And once it didn't happen, they didn't have a plan. Well, that's nothing now. <laughs> I know it's nothing new, but, I mean, come on. And here's the thing. I talked about this with Mo today. Five years ago, it wouldn't have mattered. This conference stunk. Now you've actually got some good teams where if you did a round-robin 10-game schedule with all 11 teams, who, who are the terrible teams in this league right now? I think ECU is improving. Tulsa is pretty terrible. Tulsa's bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not really, like, the – like, there was a few yeah. years ago where there's, like, three or four three or, teams in the, in the bottom, you know, 20, 30 of Division One. So why couldn't you have played 10? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Is, why – are we – is anyone going to be able to ask anyone that? No. <laughs> Clearly not. I mean, it was consensus decision. They all, everybody wanted to do this, apparently. I mean, my, I, I would love to hear what, the, uh, what other options were on the table that they decided this was the best one. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like there were any. That's kind of my point. Yeah, it was right. the consensus decision because it was the only decision. 
Yeah. Well, we so, got one I mean, plan. Is everybody in on it? I guess. I get it. I just, I'm so, like, I'm to the point now where I just want to see some football. And if that means UC plays eight conference games and UCF plays eight conference games and two non-conference games, or I don't really care. Like, I know everything's going to be crazy, even if they can pull this off. There's going to be games moved around. There's going to be games missed. I don't care. I just would like to see some. So I'm, I'm not going to – is this how we would have done it? Of course not. But in the grand scheme, I just don't care. Yeah, but also this is a podcast. So <laughs> we kind of need to talk about stuff. Well, we're talking I, I, about it. I just don't yeah. – like, I'm, I'm not going to – it doesn't surprise me, one. So when I'm not surprised, yeah, it doesn't I'm, surprise not gonna, me. I'm not going to get, like – this is, I mean, I, this isn't going to get my attention from like a sending out a snarky tweet standpoint or something. I just, I mean, we're, we're literally, what, one, exactly one month is the, is the Austin P game September, no, September 3rd, Third. we're less than a month. Yeah. We're less than a month. We just apparently found out. The, the scheduling format isn't really any different than what it was going to be. Um, right. Some schools are practicing, some aren't, some, like, it's still just a total cluster. Um, yeah. So, so for a league to, to not seem to have an idea of what is best for the entire group, isn't surprising to me, especially one that bloviates about being P6, but at every turn, they're not they act G5. So, enough with your stupid tagline until you start acting. And some of that obviously has to do with money, but like this situation doesn't. Like you said, well, you it does because do, well, what I'm saying you could just do 10 league games and then say, if you can get one or two non-conference games, go right ahead. But here's here's our ten games, and we're going to start it this week, and we're going to build in, you know, these windows to if a team can't play, we can move stuff around, and the conference tournament. Just go ahead and move the or not the conference tournament, the conference championship. Go ahead and move it to December nineteenth. Who cares? Like, why is it like? Well, it might be the fifth or the twelfth or the nineteenth. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and move it? So that you have two extra weeks in there to to play with and not have to go, oh crap, we we gotta move the conference turn the conference championship. It's it's and Thanksgiving then, and now we gotta move it. Like just move it now. Right. And then we move it to the twelfth and the navy sneaks in. And now you gotta move it to the nineteenth. Yeah, just move it to the nineteenth so, now. What's the difference? There's such a lack of leadership. There's such a lack of vision. And, and we, I mean, obviously we've talked about this ad nauseum for what, six years now, but this just makes it so blatantly obvious. I mean, I, here, here's, here's why I'll say it. Like, this is where money played in. Obviously what they were doing is they were, they were doing everything in their power to wait out the bottom level teams that had buy games to see if they could, if those teams could get their buy games. 
Like that's what right. this. That's why they sat on their hands. Sure. Because they felt like we couldn't be progressive, and likely where it came from was the 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 the, the higher ups at those schools, the ads and the presidents at those schools saying, "Look, we we need to get our money." going to whatever power five buy game that we had scheduled so that they made themselves beholden to whatever the power five did. The power five gave them the middle finger. And instead of being progressive, they just punted. They didn't do anything. They, they there, there was no plan they, they, well, you know how we know there was no plan because they literally did nothing. Right. Their plan is nothing. We're doing nothing ridiculous we like to bag on the league and certainly the commissioner mike oresco but in a a case like this where the hell are the ad's at at uc memphis ucf going this is what we're gonna do yeah like you're just gonna like like what it's not like he just sits in some ivory tower and throws a dart and goes oh this is what we're doing like, the, those guys thought that this was the best course of action? Well, don't get me started. I'm not trying to. I'm just – but, I mean, that's a realistic – that's a real question. Like, Yeah, it is. Like, John Cunningham, if, if, if your option was, as Punch. is – try, try to get as many non-conference games as you can get, knowing full well that you're – it's going to be almost impossible to add yeah. games or just play your – even if you just say we're doing the Big Ten model, we're just going to play each other ten games. Yeah. Whoever, whoever, top two teams, they go to the championship and they play and we see what happens. Yeah. Just pu- totally punt on non-conference games. I wouldn't have a problem with that. The SEC did the same. Yeah. We're, we're doing our own thing. We, we can, we're going to control what we control. We put these policies and practices in place. We we trust our system, and we're gonna play our. We're gonna we're gonna do our thing, and we're gonna start on this date. And here's our schedule, and we're gonna have this built in as as contingency plans, and we're gonna have this built in as backup plans. But that would require thinking. That would require leadership. Just look at it from you know UC standpoint. They started practice today, August fifth. They're supposed to play. September 3rd. If that game is canceled, then they, you know, obviously won't play again until the weekend after. They theoretically could practice for a month, then have a month off. Yeah. You can't just keep practicing for two, two months before the season. Or they would probably change the schedule to cut down on camp at higher ground to then come back a couple weeks before whatever. So they could – Practice for three weeks, take three weeks off, practice for two weeks, play USF, have a, another week off, and then play seven straight games. Yeah. And that, that, is, that is the best idea. Get the you-know-what out of here, you-know-who. Like, yeah. how much you making? And that's your, you didn't pound the table and go, not my team. We're not doing that to my team. I agree. That's my whole point. That's what I've been getting at from the whole from the beginning, and then you were just like, "Eh, you know, it is what it is." Well, no, it isn't just what it is. What it no, is. That's that's because I don't think any of this matters. Because I don't know I don't how necessarily, I don't I don't necessarily know how college think, football is going to pull pull this off. I, I don't either. 
I mean, baseball's struggling to pull it off, and they've got infinite more resources and communication and, and infrastructure than well, the college when football when system. When you're going out to get milk, you yeah. could get coronavirus. <laughs> I've went out to get milk a lot. I don't, I don't I mean, I would, you would think with my lungs, if I've, if I've had it, I would know. Um, it, it just, it, it's, it's bother. It's, I guess my, I should rephrase from an, from a overall, like banging on Oresco standpoint, I'm totally just, I don't even care. But from the premier teams in the league standpoint, you yeah. see being one of them, I don't know how you agree to just be like, okay. We'll try to keep, hopefully maybe we can keep Central Michigan and Miami and hopefully some other teams can keep like once once you're big like once Nebraska UC isn't happening, once North Carolina UCF isn't happening, who gives a crap? Right. Like just just play yourselves. It's a weird year. We're all taking a loss financially. Don't try to hold on to some Onesie twosie non-conference games because someone's maybe going to get because Tulane yeah because Tulane wants an extra million dollars million million bucks like who cares but that's that's how this whole see this is this is also though what happens when you know that three or four teams want out and if they get out the other six teams have nowhere else to go. So they all vote with Tuck the titties. They all vote with the Resco. All those ads all vote with the Resco because he's keeping them alive from going back to Conference USA or the Sun Belt or wherever they were before. And so they're they're always going to do what he wants to do. And screw UC because they want to leave. Yeah, I know. And 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 this is what we've been dealing with the entire time with this league, but. That's the infuriating part is it's catering to the bottom half of the league and not doing anything for the top half of the league. And you're right. It's on John Cunningham. Yes. He's a new AD. Yes. He's been dealt a tough hand. Yes. It hasn't been easy for him, but also I forget what he looks like. I was going to make a joke, but I'm going to let it go. I'll let it go. Um, But also, it is your job to not let this happen. It is your job to not put your, your, your head coach and your football program in a position where if things don't break right, I mean, there's, what could happen is, is the MAC agrees that they're going to play a, a couple out-of-conference games to try to get their money. Here's the funny thing. The MAC wouldn't get any money from UC because they're home and homes. Right. Miami's a series. Western Michigan is a home and home. They wouldn't get any money from UC. But the other teams in the MAC are going to want their money. Um, I don't know where they're going to get it because the Big Ten is out. I yeah, can't and that's see. Like 70, that's like 50 to – got to be like 50 to 60% of their non-conference games is, is Big Ten games. Are the, are the Big 12 teams going to keep games against the MAC if there are any? I don't know if there are any. Are the Big 12 well, teams I mean, going to – the, they get the, to keep one. They're going to keep a MAC team. The SMU, the SMU TCU game is supposed to be at SMU this year. Their AD said, "We will come to TCU to keep this game happening." And the TCU AD said, "No, we're good. We'll just pick it up next year." Yeah. So, 
the Mac, if the Mac allows, you know, non-conference games, I don't know what they're. I, no, I mean, they're, I, they haven't they're really basically talked, the really. last. Yeah. The last G, because the Mountain West, right when we were getting on here, they announced they were doing eight conference games and two non-conference games. The Sun Belt's doing what the AAC's doing. They're all in on trying to do 12. Um, I, we're going to get a bunch heard, of AAC Sun Belt games, aren't we? I guess I haven't heard what conference – I don't think I've heard what conference – I haven't USA heard Conference USA be. yet. So I guess it's really the MAC and Conference USA. But the Conference USA and Sun Belt could very easily just team up yeah, and and make things work. There, I mean, there's been conversations of them going in on like merging a anyway. alliance for right. a long time. Um, so that could very easily happen. Maybe that. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, from the from this UC specific standpoint, like like I know this team wants to play because of the type of guys they have on the team and the type of coaches that they have. They're of the mindset of, you know, as as what did uh, Orgeron say, we'll play in a pasture at midnight or something. Like, right. I feel like yeah. that's the same kind of mentality that UC has. But at the same time, Coach Fickle cannot be happy with, you know, this type of setup for his team specifically, regardless of, like he said from his, the very beginning, if, we're gonna, if they're going to keep score, we want to win. So if he plays one game or eight games or 12 games, he doesn't care. Right. But at least give us a chance to play at our best in those situations. Here's, here's the other thing I worry about. If this does, you know, let, let's even say that, that they keep the two Mac games. The way you're going to keep kids motivated to behave is to play games. So if you go through the first month of the season, you've got five weeks and you only play two games. Right. How, how do you keep them inside their rooms? How do you keep them? Because be, uh, game week, it's easy, right? Sure. Game week, Sunday you rest. Monday, you start watching some film. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're on the practice field. And then Saturday you play a game. That's pretty easy to keep kids locked in. Guess what happens if there's no game coming on Saturday for two yeah. weeks in a row or for, you know, whatever the case may be. You're, you're really, you really think you're going to keep these kids, 18 to 22-year-olds, locked inside their room for two, three weeks at a time when you're not in a camp setting, when you're, you're at your normal 20 hours a week? And that, that it's not somehow going to creep into your locker room from one of, you know, somebody doing something dumb. Right. Well, just think of this it's scenario. It's happening with guys making millions of dollars in Major League Baseball. Well, how about, uh, I'm sure you saw this. There's an undisclosed recent NFL draft pick who had like a massive party yeah. in California, like within, I, I don't know the exact timeline, but the story's just now getting out. Like, and there were pictures and video. There were hundreds of people there. You think if they don't play until October third, how are you going to, to make this work? When Let's they're like the only people on campus. Yeah. I don't know what day they come back from higher ground, twenty something, early twenties. Whatever the like case. Ten maybe. days before the first game? Yeah. 
24th or 25th, what, somewhere in there. I, did, I think classes start like the 24th. Um, you're going you're gonna to keep them for six weeks? Quarantine? On a college campus? Even with the best intentions, there's no way that's going to work. There's no chance, Dave. There's no chance. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't you have just done 10 games, started – and said, hey, look, you got the first three weeks of the season. You got, you got those three weeks to play two non-conference games. And if you can play one, you play one. If you can play two, you can play two. If you play none, you play none. But you got the first three weeks of the season to get those in. Week four, we go. We play ten games. We get two bye weeks in. We build in like the Big Ten did that Thanksgiving week. Everybody on the Big Ten has a bye mm-hmm. just in case they've got games they need to make up or, or something needs to happen. And then you schedule your championship the 19th. So now you've got from what, let's say September, whatever the dates are. I don't have a calendar in front of me. You've got from the middle of September until the first week in December to get 10 games in. That sounds like a plan. That sounds like forward thinking. That sounds like let's take care of ourselves and look out for ourselves. And instead, they changed literally nothing. Absolutely, literally nothing. I can't fathom that in the midst of everything that is going on, their plan is we're riding it out. We're doing the exact same thing we're going to do the day the season ended in January. That can't, that can't be the answer. That can't be the answer, Dave. It can't be. Breaking news. It is. Dude, a little bit of news, actually. Okay. So there has been a COVID 19 ticket policy and information just recently sent out from the university. Capacity at Nipper, if fans are allowed, will be limited to a maximum of 25%. Uh, Fans' face coverings will be enforced based on guidance from university, local, and state health authorities. So I guess that's not a Yes or no. That's we'll do what they tell us to do. Right. Which is fine. I mean, right. When I'm drinking a beer the whole time, I guess it doesn't matter. So, (laughs) right. Um, Let's see. A lot, just a lot of stuff. I'm not going to read it off. There's a lot of information. You know, it's going to be specific to how people handle their tickets. It looks like there's opt out opportunities. Um, yeah, there's some deadlines listed for if you want to do that. Just a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I'm sure our fans all have, you know, questions about. Good luck getting answers. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they haven't paid their phone bill lately. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but if you want to donate, that phone line works. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm all I'm all set. I'm still oh. I'm still 
a little chapped about that. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Mm-hmm. We, we, we won't go down that avenue today. Someday, eventually. <laughs> Maybe at the, a watch party. Yeah, you could if you get us at a watch party and you get you get a couple pops and <laughs> Dave, because you can go to home game watch parties, right? You go to home games. I can do whatever I want, Chad. You can because apparently, also, I just noticed in this thing, uh, it talks about tailgating. No tailgating. Well, it says that tailgating on the grid and university rooftop will not be allowed this season. Didn't say where I tailgate. <laughs> Your tailgate might be the spot. It might be two thousand people at Dave's tailgate. Fine with me. Hit him up. Hit him up in the DMs. Find yeah. out where Dave's tailgate is. If, he, if he's <laughs> allowed, if he's one of the ten thousand allowed in. He'll hook you up with the tailgate. Oh, spot. I'll, well, I'll definitely be one of the ten thousand allowed in. But definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to get into this, this the, the athlete boycott stuff, or do you want? Not to- really, because okay. I don't see them like. Are they really not going to just like you're just not going to play? I think they would. I think some uh, of them would. Uh, well, some. I'm sure some I, might. I think a, a considerable number of them would. I think ones that have an NFL future would. We'll see. <laughs> the, the different it's not going to matter because the, the conferences are going to do what's being asked of them. and I haven't read I mean I haven't I would be talking out of you know my butt on some of it I had, it's not something that I've really read much of I've just seen some tweets you know the I've seen the Pac-12 is asking for half of revenue and the Big Ten is asking for complimentary Big Ten network which is it's pretty cool. I'm, I kind of side with the Big Ten guys. There's their stuff seemed, <laughs> their stuff on the surface seemed more about player safety, and yeah. the Pac-12. There was a lot of that. The Pac-12 had all of that. It and did. Then they, and but then, then they went into. Then they asked for something that they have no chance of getting. So. I don't know, man. I think I think that train's coming. Half of the revenue they just I trying don't know to. If it, they just I trying mean, to I, end a bunch of other sports at their school. I don't know. Well, they, the plan was that the money needs to come from you people that have been sitting in those big buildings getting fat off of cash and checks that are a lot larger than they should be. But yes, but they're not wrong there. Higher, I, I, higher ed and coaching payrolls are sure to go down very soon. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, it's going to be interesting, Dave. Because look, it, can we have a damn season first? Yeah, I think that's. You I mean, know. come on, like. Well, that's their their their, their demands are. Let's listen to us. No, we can't. Well, then I would just say, sorry, we're canceling the season. Health risk. I'll pull UConn on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very convenient. Uh, yeah. Connecticut now, one of the safest states in the the country, is mm-hmm. uh, their football team is pulling out for yeah COVID concerns. Weird, um, weird. What happens when ten of your twelve games have been canceled? Yeah, funny how that works. All right, well, I mean, we've spent we've spent about half the show complaining about what the American didn't do. Yeah. We, I wish it would have been talking about what they did do. I would have preferred that. Sure. 
but instead we get to talk about what they didn't do and how the athletic directors at these schools didn't stop this from happening. I mean, if you need it, like, call me. I got ideas. I'm an idea guy. I got lots of ideas. Call me. Holla. Well, my whole thing is, uh, and we probably shouldn't belabor on this much longer, but no, I would really. love to. I would love to know, like, what was on the table. If you talked, to, if you talked about this idea, what were the negatives that you were like? Nope, Big Ten, SEC, all these, all the other conferences, they got it wrong. Right. Like, like what? What are they? What are you doing? That you're like. This is this, see. This is the way we should be doing it, and we're playing chess while those idiots are playing checkers, mind you, cashing fifty million dollar checks a year. But we we have it figured out. Like eight games, just play ourselves. That's that's silly. Let's just play the whole season the way it was set up. Even though we don't have anyone to play in those first four weeks now, because all the other conferences have decided to do something different than us. That's the thing. If they would have done this first, like if they would have, like, you know, jumped the Big Ten, jumped everybody, and said, we're not changing crap. Like, we're playing. All right, maybe. Maybe you – maybe maybe then I'll buy in. Because at least then you could, like, double back and be like, well, in light of everything that's happened, like, that yeah, we kind of like... We kind of have to – I mean, that's what this whole thing has been, has been – coming up with a plan and then you have to amend it or whatever. Like, so it's no, it's no problem if they were like, well, these other conference things got worse. And right. these other, these other conferences decided that they're only going to play against themselves. So we obviously can't do what we had originally wanted to do. And so we're going to, you know, do this instead. And instead they, their answer was, yeah, we're not going to do anything, anything. Anything. All right. Let's 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 talk about some stuff that doesn't trigger me. Let's talk about camp. Unfortunately, uh, as we have talked about, and I knew this was coming for a long time. Um, no media at higher ground. I mean, this had been talked about since March that if they went out there, um, nobody was going to be allowed out there because they were going to be, you know, in a bubble. And it doesn't make sense when you establish a bubble to bring people in that are not part of said bubble, which I understand. I, I don't, I don't love it. I would love to have, um, if they would have, you know, worked in a way that we could have gotten there, gotten, you know, our temperatures taken, gotten, you know, traced or whatever, and then been taken to a spot where we could watch away from everybody. You mean like how the Bengals are doing it? Right. Um, but again, the Bengals are not in a bubble. So I get it from UC's standpoint of if we're going to go through the, the trouble of going out there and isolating ourselves, inviting people in is probably not a great idea. So, you know, I have no issue with it. I understand it. Um, I don't love it because I am uh, mentally insane and I enjoy going out there and, and taking in practice. Um, but that's, you know, and I, from my standpoint, honestly, I don't know if I would have been able to if they let us. Right. Because of because of Kelly's situation. So um it is what it is. Uh I think we've got some some safeguards in place that I've been working on to continue our flow of information. Uh to to get us 
um, where we need to be to, to keep things pumping and flowing on the message board. I'll probably not push much the first two or three days because those are acclimation days. Uh, as we've always talked about, it, it happens for the spring. It happens for the summer uh, when they go to camp. First two days are just in helmets. The next two days are in the, like, spider pads, um, light-type shoulder pads. And then uh, the fifth day is full pads. So um, I'll try to get some stuff together either Thursday or Friday uh, for the first couple days. And then try – I'm going to – the goal, we'll see how it plans out. The goal is to do – have something on the board every other day uh, at, at minimum in terms of what I'm hearing from out in the bubble. Maybe that's overly optimistic, but I think I have the, the, the safeguards, the plans in place to make that a reality. So, um, and then twice a week, we'll be getting Luke on zoom. Uh, we will get him tomorrow after practice around noon. Uh, hopefully I will have that video up. Uh, shortly thereafter on the website. Um, I think that about covers it. Um, I put the two deep up, the initial two deep up last night. You've had a chance to look at it. You, you have any questions? Do you, do you have anything where you, uh, where you want to find out more about what you saw on the two deep? Do we, are there any position battles? Um, like realistically, <laughs> like, you know, every other year there's – these two guys are exchanging reps for first-team left tackle or first-team defensive end. Like, Wide receiver – well, I mean, the entire defensive line is a position battle, I think. Yeah, but, I mean, not all those guys are established. Like, it's it's not like we're, like, weighing two – inexperienced guys or like a, a somewhat experienced guy versus an up and coming, you know, player that might have more talent. Like we know what all those guys can do. Yeah. Um, I, that was probably the, the one thing I found most interesting was, was going into camp. Curtis Brooks was the number one guy uh, in the middle of the three, three, five defense. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people expected him to be that guy last year. And he kind of slid down a little bit. I, I've heard that he had a, a very good summer and was was on point when the team returned to campus uh, for involuntary and then voluntary workouts. So he had positioned himself. I think that, you know, that we saw a lot from him, from Jabari Taylor, and from Marcus Brown out of that middle of that 3-3-5 defensive front. Um, so I think that's that that spot is interesting. Uh, and linebacker, even though there's two new open spots, the, the, I mean, it seems like the three guys yeah, yeah. are pretty set. Um, I'm, I, I, I would be curious to see where James Wiggins is at right now. Um, cause he wasn't ready to go in the spring. So I'd love to see like, you know, he had to do what four months of rehab at home. So I'd be interested to see exactly where he's at. But I, I don't even think that's a question because then you just slide Hicks there. 
Who was was he not able to stay because he was doing rehab? The the, the facility wasn't open. I thought guys that stay that were injured. Or not really. Not not really. Not really. Um. So I, you know, I'm interested to see him. I'd say the biggest surprise on offense was hearing that Ryan Montgomery is the backup to Jared yeah. Cooks right now. I guess I would. That one would have would, did jump out at me. I mean, I, I think McClellan is right there with him in that spot. Uh, obviously, with McClellan, they, they they didn't really do anything in the spring other than non-contact stuff. Um, I the the couple people I talked to over the last couple days said since they started doing the voluntary and then the mandatory uh, workouts that he looks incredible, that he looks better than ever. Chuck? So, yeah, Chuck. So, if he's back to 100% and Ryan Montgomery's still, you know, right ahead, just a little bit ahead of him or even even with him, I mean, Ryan Montgomery's had a hell of an offseason. Oh, and sure. Kudos to – what I would say is kudos to Ryan Montgomery because you get a new running back coach, right? Yep. And when you get the new running back coach, Dokes had his shoulder uh, touched up at the end of the season. <clears throat> so he wasn't a full go, uh, even in the limited stuff they had in the spring. And Ford was brand new, and Chuck was limited. And if Ryan Montgomery took the bull by the horns in that time period and said to Dan Enos, look at me, like, here we go, coach. And he was able to go from, you know, the bottom of that room up near the top of that room. Hats off to Ryan Montgomery. That kid was a big-time recruit until he blew out his knee. Yeah. I mean, I, so, he's up right next to where I'm from. I mean, he was – he had an insane junior junior season. Yeah. So, I, that was really the main interesting thing offensively. Um, I mean, wide receiver is going to be it's wide a, open. It's a crapshoot for a while. Yeah. It'll be, you know, huge, huge opportunity for Jayshon Jackson to find out, is he going to be the guy or, you know, is he going to step up and, and be what we thought he might early in his freshman year? Or is he going to be the guy as a sophomore that, you know, didn't, didn't flash nearly as much as we saw early in his career? Um, the two transfers, uh, Jordan Jones and Michael Young, I think, um, Young is, is looking like he's going to be the main guy in the slot or at least the starter in the slot, but he can play inside and outside. Um, you have to think if Jackson, if Jay Sean doesn't step up, I think you maybe see Young move to that outside spot and then Trey Tucker bump up to the number one guy in the Mm -hmm. slot. Uh, I've heard good things about Jaden Thompson. Um, still working on mastering the playbook. But if you basically what I was told is if you throw it up, he going to go get it. Yeah. Um, so that's as, as advertised with him. I mean, that's if you're a four-star receiver, that's why. You can go up and get it. Um, I, think, I think that, you know, position battles, it's weird, man, that like, you look at this roster and it's deeper than it's ever been. And there's also fewer questions than there's ever been. Like, that's weird, isn't it? It's, it's 
Yeah, it's like most people, if they're listening to this, they know the roster like, you know, as as inside and out as as we do. But like just reading the names on, you know, on paper, so to speak, I'm I'm just I'm still like, how do they have this many good DBs? How do they have this many good D linemen? How many? How do they have this many good running backs? It's the DBs one though. It it just because like I mean, does Hicks start at every other school in the conference besides UC? Probably, yeah. Probably. Then somebody asked on the message board, "Do you do you see situations where they would play three safeties?" and get all three of those guys on the field. Maybe, but I, that also takes off Arquan Bush, who I think they feel like is one of their best guys as well. Yeah. If you're playing a nickel with, with Wiggins down in the slot, then you're taking Bush off the field. I don't think they want to do that. I, you know I joked with Freeman about it in the offseason. I want to see a 4-1-6. Well. I'd rather see that than the three three five, but <laughs> look. I understand it. And but it was I don't effective. Ag- but I don't agree with it. If it wasn't effective, I would be more on your side. I mean, it was effective against UCF. I don't think it was effective against Memphis either time. Memphis scores a hell of a lot of points more than what they scored against UC in both of those games. Right, but when you have, like, I don't like it because when you have a running back like Gainwell and Gibson last year and they want and they decide they want to run the ball, you're, like, basically guaranteeing them yards on first and second down because they can just outnumber you. And – if we have nine good defensive linemen, why don't you play four of them? Because you've got 12 good defensive backs. My, my biggest question is – I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I know more about defense than Marcus Freeman. Well, just, you don't. No, of course not, I don't. So <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I just – I don't love it. Like – I'm interested to see if we will see a variation of a four-two-five. I feel like it gives it gives up empty yards, and then if you get into the into the negative thirty right thirty yard line, then if you bow up like they did against UCF, then it works. But I feel like there's if if you don't, then sometimes I thought it was a little too easy to to move the ball. I mean, that's kind of the design of the defense, though. It, it's keep, it keeps everything in front of you and doesn't let anything go over the top. Um, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think you could also look at it this year and say you could probably be a little bit more aggressive at the line of scrimmage because you know what Sauce is now. You know what a yeah. Gardner is now. Or if you're going to try to go over top with your number one receiver on that guy, good luck. Yep. What else you got? Any other any other questions? Any other observations you have from from, I, from day, I from day think, one of from day one of practice? We're not going to be able to see. Yeah. Um, um, 
I, I the 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 interesting thing to me on the offensive line, I I think, um, I think they're really close there. I think they've got a really good five. They're still probably a year away from having the type of depth that they need to have, right? Yeah, uh, you just don't know about. Oh, Quinn, Mendiola, Woodside. The guys that are lined up as the as the twos right now. But, I mean, that's that's kind of the way it goes in college football. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes anymore for offensive line in general. I mean, this isn't like a new thing. You look at the NFL, I'd, I'd say 75% of the of NFL teams are like, eh, I don't know, if our offensive line plays good, then we might be, we might right. be okay. If our offensive line stays healthy, then we're okay. Right. I mean, it's just – there's just not – guys are getting bigger, but they're also getting more athletic, which makes them defensive linemen instead of offensive linemen. Right. So there's just – you're just not seeing that, you know, and the, and the best ones are still going to go to – yeah, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, what what have you. Right. Um, so I think they've done a really good – I mean, I think what Coach Crook does from a developmental standpoint is outstanding. And then finding guys that, for whatever reason, are kind of on that fringe, you know, fringe Big Ten ACC type offer. UC gets on them early, develops that relationship, and it makes it easier to, to keep them or get a commitment from them. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, and which I'm fine with, you know, the current situation because it's totally a 180 from recent years where almost every position we've had a question mark about where this year, finally, it's almost every position along the line. We at least have some idea of what, you know, what's a reasonable expectation. Have they ever been this good in the same time? along the defensive line and the defensive backfield. But 08, 08 was pretty stout in both areas. Um, With Mick and D'Lo. And that defensive line, while it wasn't like star-studded, it was deep. They had a lot of guys on that 2008 defensive line. Yeah, I think this group is more versatile, though. Um, Like they – Haruki, Underwood. D-Lo, no, I mean, I I'm talking. I'm saying the defensive line. Okay. That was that was that was the last time there was this much, at least high end talent. That 08 squad didn't have the depth behind the secondary that no. we think this group is going to have. Yeah, I mean, it, it's and there weren't the. There weren't the, you know, pro football focuses and stuff yeah. back then to tell us if – Mike Mickens was a first-team All-American. Right. He was pretty good. Right. So, but Sauce was also the second-best DB in the country as a freshman. Well, the second-best DB that returned. Oh. There so were guys that are in the NFL that Oh, okay. See, He's I thought the second-best returning. Derek, Derek, Sting, Derek Stingley and – no, and, he was top 10. He was top 10. Yeah. When you take out the guys that went to the NFL, he's the number two guy back in college. Okay, okay. So. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, because the guy at LSU is 
one of the. He might be the best defensive backs in the. He might be the best defensive back in the country. Oh, I thought I think hands down he was last year. Yeah, as a fresh, uh, true freshman. Yeah, he's. I when mean, has I that watched, happened before? I mean, obviously, lots of people watched a lot of LSU because of they were number one and because of Burrow. But like, I watched a lot of LSU, and he is so good. And for you know, on, in several areas, for Ahmad to be right there with him, I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves, even <laughs> from that standpoint. Yeah. Like we wrong. know, and and the the analytical people talk about it, but like if you're this, if you're that good, why, I mean, I don't think he was like preseason any team nationally. If they've even done that or are doing that, or who Ahmad? I mean, he's. I haven't seen really anything, but I think everybody is is. Look has looked at his numbers and said this is one of the better cornerbacks in the country. Yeah. I mean, we probably won't see preseason All-American teams and all that crap until yeah, a couple week, a week or two, a couple weeks from now. All right. Got anything else? Did you go to 50 West Burger? When is that? Uh, I, I did. It was, it was wonderful. What'd you get? I got the, uh, I believe it's the Utah. Okay. That had Let's... the pastrami, Ooh. Swiss, and like fry sauce on it. It's good. Good burger. I could have eaten another one. Did you, did you get a single or a double? A, uh, double. And it was okay. still probably could have eaten. I mean, they're thin. They're thin. <laughs> that probably says more about me than their <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> yes, probably. Um. So. But yeah, got anything else, else Bearcat related? I don't think um, there's really. I don't think there's any basketball to talk about this week. There, I've checked a couple times. There's, you know, it's not a whole lot to go on this early because one, the main thing that they're dealing with, they're they're just getting started, so they've got to get you know, guys that have been off campus for four or five months, they got to make sure they're back back in shape. And we know how John is about making sure guys are ready for his conditioning. Um, yeah. I would expect, I think today or tomorrow, we're going to see the official announcement on the strength and conditioning coach. Okay. Uh, I dropped that on the message board. You, you think I should, you think I can bury it here? We're about 58 minutes in. If you're listening now, we should reward him, right? Yeah, who who cares? Say whatever we want. <laughs> His name's Tyler Stewart. He's the uh, strength and conditioning coach at New Mexico. He, he's right. on campus and working. We are just waiting on an official announcement from UC. Los Lobos, shout uh, out. He, shout he comes out, from. Puppy. He comes from Florida, um, and uh, you know that was his stop before New Mexico, where that's the connection, the Billy Donovan, John Brannon connection. Ah. Okay. Was there was there any anything to the random tweet yesterday about Oklahoma and UC UCF and Boise? Yeah, you know, I maybe? I've asked around a little bit. I haven't heard heard anything that led me to believe like that was something more than maybe it's you know they've talked. Sure. Or, you know, 
put put feelers out to who might be interested in this, who might be interested in that. Um, I mean, hell yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you mean, got one of your you got one of your best rosters in in quite a while here. If the season's like gonna be, you know, the wild wild west, who cares? Play who? Yeah, right. play whatever. Play whatever. Go go. Play Oklahoma. If, yeah. If this is if that was to happen, this is definitely the year to play Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, so. they're still they're still going to be very good, but they would be replacing their quarterback, their first string running back transferred to Ohio State, and their best wide receiver got drafted in the first round. Yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's uh, if you can make it happen, absolutely do it. I'll, I'll call some people. If am I am I am I confident that's something that's in the works? No. If I get that, if I get that, if I go in that direction, I will be glad to uh, share with everyone that I think something might be happening. But to this point, hey, maybe I'll just ask Luke tomorrow during the uh, Zoom. Zoom, yeah. He can't he can't beat me up tomorrow because I won't be at higher ground. So. <laughs> yes. <ask. laughs> Maybe I'll say, "Hey, there was a report from out of uh, out of Stillwater that that you guys might be playing Oklahoma this year." Any truth? Norman. No, Norman. Yeah, that's what I meant. Don't want to get any any of the uh, any of the fans out there mad at you. Right. Norman. Not Stillwater. Like our our uh, everybody, the buddy on from Barstool that hates all UC fans. Yeah, go go give Jack Mack all kinds of hell. That guy's – you're a UConn football fan, dude. Shut the hell up. Shut up. Nobody cares what you think. You like UConn and fo- – you, you voluntarily like UConn and football. Shut up. <laughs> all right. That's about all I got. What else? Yeah. You, you, you got anything? I don't think so. Well, we're, we're back to weekly now. What the or hell least, are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> we'll talk about higher ground, I guess. <laughs> try to see if try to see if we can get somebody to join us from higher ground for the for the for the podcast. Yeah, I don't know who. I don't know what's going on at higher ground at seven thirty eight o'clock at night. Just start Maybe at the we, top. Yeah, I'll, ask, I'll see if we can get Luke for an hour. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not got anything else going. I mean, he on. doesn't have to have a game to get ready for until <laughs> my birthday. So the way this is the way this is shaping up. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have something. We'll come up with something to talk about between now and then. Promised. We got a sponsor now. We got we got we got a we got a. The sponsor is back in. It was you know we were being nice to the Holy Grail. Uh, from the end of the basketball season until now, and giving them added value on their investment. But uh, now, you know, we gotta we gotta make it worth their while. It's gonna be a lot of fun if there's no games in September. And yeah, because they're def- they're definitely not getting their money's worth just listening to me and you. No. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks.
here on BearcatJournal.com.